Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. When you see action scenes in movies, people jumping from moving cars, fist fights, and narrow escapes from burning buildings, the people in those shots are almost always stunt performers. It's a profession that takes a very specific skill set with the goal of creating movie magic while minimizing the risk of serious injury or even death. A small number of Native stunt actors have that combination of physical and mental acuity to make them a sought-after commodity in the industry. We'll talk with a few of them right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Jill Freitas sitting in for Antonia Gonzalez. The Bureau of Indian Education and the Native American Agriculture Fund recently announced an investment in a new agriculture business degree program. The BIE is partnering with Haskell Indian Nations University based in Lawrence, Kansas. Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland made the announcement in remarks at the American Indian Higher Education Consortium's annual legislative summit in Washington, D.C. The education effort will be housed within Haskell's business school and the program will cover things such as lending operation, risk management, regulatory compliance, and encompassing comprehensive fundamental lending principles that will improve the relationships native farmers and ranchers have with their financial institutions. In a statement, Assistant Secretary for Indian Affairs Brian Newland said he's excited to see Haskell implementing innovative programs to foster opportunities for the next generation of Native American farmers and ranchers. He went on to say the new program will help ensure that Indigenous farming students can build sustainable business models that support them, their families, and traditional food systems by bridging the gap between educational needs and agricultural financial literacy. Officials say the partnership will focus on building bridges between educational needs and ongoing efforts to improve agricultural financing, which they say is critical to a long-term sustainable and resilient Native food economy. A major transition is ahead for the Alaska Federation of Natives. AFN leaders have announced plans for Julie Kicka to step aside as president before this fall's convention. KMBA's Rhonda McBride looks at how this changing of the guard will take place. Next month, AFN will open the application process, the first step in choosing the next person to lead the state's largest Native organization. In an announcement, AFN leaders said it was Kitka's choice to leave this role. Kitka was elected president in 1990, but her service to AFN goes back four decades. From health care to fulfilling the goals of the Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act, Kitka has had a hand in almost every one of AFN's major achievements. Paul Ontoguk, an Alaska Native historian, says it's always tough for a legacy leader to decide when it's the right time to leave. No one lands on that one squarely that I've ever seen. There's an enormous amount of appreciation that needs to be given for all the time and enormous effort that she has put in year after year. Kitka first joined AFN in 1984 as a special assistant for human resources. AFN's board of directors has created a succession committee and hired the Four Acre Group to help with the search and transition. Four Acre is an organization that helps nonprofits grow and adapt to change. AFN is also asking its members to fill out a survey to help them choose the new president. Ongtuguk says that's a good idea, and it's especially important for AFN leaders to hear from the younger generation, who may have ideas they would never even imagine. The way people think about what that role is and what it should be, what it could be, 
for the future. It really does need to take a fresh bend in the river. The plan is to have a new president in place by October to lead the 2024 AFN convention, the largest gathering of its kind in the state. Kitka says she has no comment at this time, but is not leaving the picture entirely and will take up a new role at AFN to be announced in the near future. AFN's co-chair Joe Nelson says it's difficult to imagine an AFN without Julie Kitka at the helm, but AFN leaders, he says, are committed to a healthy transition. In Anchorage, I'm Rhonda McBride. And I'm Jill Freitas. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by the American Indian College Fund, providing millions of dollars of scholarships to Native students every year. Applications are accepted through May 31st at collegefund.org or by phone at 800-766-FUND. Lakota-made indigenous first medicines and eco-friendly personal care products are small batch prepared in the Lakota traditions using sustainably harvested natural and organic ingredients and all can be found at lakotamade.com who support this show. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Whether it's a climactic fight scene, somebody set on fire, or a character plummeting to the ground, action sequences and movies rely on the expertise of professional stunt actors. A number of Native performers have zeroed in on stunt work for their career. They will tell us what it takes to break into the business and what skills they had to build in order to stay up to date. It's a risky profession that requires considerable physical prowess and bravery. Today on our show, we'll get insights on what a career in stunt work is like for Native professionals. We also want to hear from you. Are you curious about the role stunt people have on a production? Join the conversation by calling 1-800-996-2848. That number is also 1-800-99-NATIVE. You can also comment on our website or social media pages. Joining us now from California is Benny the Jet Urquidez. He is a former professional kickboxer, martial arts choreographer, actor, and stunt professional. He is Spanish, Mexican, and Blackfeet. Good morning, Sensei Benny. Welcome to our show. Well, thank you. Good morning. Joining us from Florida is Brandy Lewis. She is a stunt performer and actor. She is also a citizen of the Choctaw Nation. Hello, Brandy. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you. And in our Albuquerque studio in New Mexico, we have Karma Harvey. She is a property master, an actress, and a stunt actor. She is Dene. Hi, Karma. You've been on the show before. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. And good to meet you guys on on the air. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to have a great discussion. And with that, Benny, I'm going to start with you. Now, you've been in the fight game for a long time. Uh, Full contact martial arts competitor, world champion kickboxer. How did you make the jump into stunt work? Well, you know, uh, 
there's nine black belts in my family. There's four champions in my family. My mother was a professional wrestler. My father, a professional boxer. So when kids had fire trucks at three, I had boxing gloves. So um, <laughs> as far as doing, uh, we used to do a lot of exhibitions in, you know, in front of a live audience. And so we would do, my family would go out there and we'd do exhibitions. And um, I didn't know. We were, I didn't know we were acting. I was just playing parts out there. and um, So I was already actually doing stunt work with a live audience, not even knowing I was doing work. You know, uh, when it came uh, for camera, uh, it was really easy for me. I just had a lot of experience on it. And um, they had asked me if I would uh, do a movie. And I, uh, I said... Well, I've never did one before. I I don't understand anything about it. And so I had, I was teaching an actor and he asked me to come and see him on set. And I happened to be in front of the camera, not even knowing I was in, you know, where to stand or I was just watching him. And the, uh, the director said, um, what is your name? And I told him, my name is Benny. And he said, move over there, and, and matter of fact, put a fight scene together between you two and do it. And I said, okay. And so I created a fight scene real quick, and I showed it to him. He said, that's great. Uh, and so my student, the actor, he's saying, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. That's what this guy, this guy told me to do this, and I'm just doing it. <laughs> and, and next you know it, uh, he asked me at the end, you know, at the end of it, he asked me, okay, uh, be here tomorrow, but it, and uh, I'll see you at uh, six in the morning. And I said, for what? And he said, what do you mean for what? And he says, you're going to finish it. And uh, I didn't understand anything about the film industry at the time. And so I asked my student, I said, what does he want me to come back for? He says, you're in the movie. He <laughs> said, and I said, I, I'm in the movie. He said, yeah, you're in the movie. And I said... I said, well, how does that work? had no idea. So that's how I got started, not even knowing what I was doing. You know, I just happened to be in front of the camera, not even knowing, because I was there to watch him. So uh, that's how I got my start. And uh, from that part, then I did um, Force 5. And there was a bunch of, they, they got about maybe five uh uh, top uh, champions from different uh, places, and and we ended up doing the movie. So I ended up uh, playing. You know, I I was co-starring in this one movie, and this was my second movie. And when it came to the fight game, when it came to choreography, I'm very good at. I don't mm -hmm. know about an acting, but as far as <laughs> you know, as far as the fighting and the choreography, I, I'm I'm really good at that. So that's how I got my start. Okay. Well, I, Benny. Let, let me. Ask, I mean, what did what did you enjoy more? Actually, being in in actual fights, you know, real competition, real fights, full contact, or did you prefer the choreography, or are they just kind of different, and you like them in different ways? Well, you know, first of all, when it comes to, I'm very good. When somebody threatens you, everything you hide under your bed in your closet comes up. The first thing, if it's not fear, is anger, and if it's not anger, is frustration, is anxieties, and on and on and on. So I'm very good under that type of pressure. And so being in front of the camera, 
was nothing to compare being in the ring, having somebody striking at you and trying to, trying to hurt you. And so in that, I found being in the ring was so much easier for me, you know, and being in the camera because I knew exactly what I was doing in the ring. In front of the camera, I didn't know exactly what they wanted and to understand. And then I started, they started really teaching me. And um, Jimmy Nickerson uh, actually is the one that, uh, he was a stunt coordinator, and he started teaching me, and he started putting me under his wing. And so I started learning a lot about camera angles, camera speeds, uh, lens, you know, and so forth. I started behind the camera. So now he says, so when you're in front of it, this is when they say, this is the speed they're using, this is the lens they're using, this is where, you know, it's either a headshot, it's a holster shot, it's a full, you know, it's a master shot and such and such. And then I started realizing, oh, okay, this is, I'm, now I'm starting to understand being in front of the camera of what I, actually I was doing. But still, when it comes down to it, to this day, I've always thought I was a better teacher than a fighter. You know, fighting is something I can do. I was gifted with the teaching I love. I love interacting uh, with people and uh, the emotional behind what they're doing and why they're doing what they're doing. So uh, that became very easy for me, but I, I, I really love it. So teaching uh, actors and so forth was very easy for me. Now, Sensei Benny, you've worked with some of the biggest names in Hollywood in terms of action films. Jackie Chan, Patrick Swayze, Chuck Norris, many others. What are some of your most favorite on-screen collaborations? Well, you know, uh, actually, with Patrick was, you know, was uh, because he's a dancer. And I used to go to his ranch and teach him. <clears throat> and because he was a dancer... I figured he would get this with no problem. So I was choreographing with him, and he was getting very frustrated. And when he started getting real frustrated, because he said, I'm a dancer, why can't I do this? And then I said, no. I said, so I went home and figured out, okay, how am I going to get across his head and get him out of his way? Because he's in his head too much. And so what I did is I got music, and I started doing choreography with rhythm, and with music and I went over there and I put on music. I said, follow me. And ever since then, we, every time we worked out, we, he wanted music. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so that's what I did with him. But, you know, <clears throat> Brian Dunahee, you know, and, on, and, you know, most, most of the actors I worked with, uh, it's usually the first week is probably the hardest to work with an actor, especially, uh, a main star, you know, the the leading actor is it's because they they fight they fight me for the first week, and once I gain their trust, okay, then my job is to make them feel safe in front of that camera, and that was my job, and it was very easy to do, and because uh, I'm I'm good with that, and uh, matter of fact, at the Lee Strasberg Academy, uh, Dave uh, Dave Strasberg, uh, he was trying to do something different. This is like 17 years ago. He wanted to do something different and bring uh, bring stuntmen into the acting school. And he had about 500 people he went through. And I came in, and I didn't know who he was and what he wanted. But he said, we're looking for a teacher that can teach stunt work. And I said, okay. Um, and I said, I don't know what you do and this and that, but uh, 
thank you, but no thank you. And I walked out, and his secretary chased me and said, uh, would you change your mind? Here's a card if you should change your mind. And then they kept calling me for a week. And finally, I came back. I said, look, it, I don't know you. I don't know if you would like me, and I don't know if I like you, but, uh, you know, let's give it a go. And so we tried it for, I said, I'll give it one month, and let's see. So I created, and I needed a name to put to what I was teaching instead of just doing stunt work because I was teaching actors how to do their own stunts, but safely. I mean, they w- I wouldn't teach them fire burns or high high falls and stuff, like car, car hits, but just ground fighting. Um, and then I got the actors, I mean, I got the stunt guys to learn how to act a little bit so they're more believable to the principles there of, of the actors. So, uh, and then... Uh, so this was 17 years after Lee Strasberg, and I still have – I have one of my top students teaching there because I backed away because I wanted freedom. Uh-huh. And so they took that and uh, started acting to uh, London. They took it to Germany. They took it to, you know, um, Australia. And so it became very big. Benny, that's really cool. So you were able to kind of bridge the gap there. You made the actors a little bit more familiar with the stunt work, and you made the stunt performers a little bit better actors, and together you met some common ground there. So we're having a really fascinating discussion here today on Native America Calling. We're talking with stunt performers, people who have been in movies, television shows, jumping off bridges, crashing cars, getting in bar fights, and uh, it's all for the camera. And if anybody would like to comment, maybe you've been in a movie or you've dreamed of being a stunt person yourself, let us know. 1-800-996-2848. The vast majority of people who get a joint replacement say it restores mobility that diminished over the years. Native Americans are underrepresented when it comes to what is a relatively common surgery. We'll talk about the signs that indicate a person might need joint replacement and the barriers to getting it done. That's on the next Native America Calling. Support by Archaeology Southwest. Did you know almost all major archaeological sites in the Southwest have been looted or vandalized? Looting and vandalism impact indigenous people, past, present, and future. Every day, countless Native American cultural items are lost or damaged forever through looting and vandalism. Federal and tribal laws protect archaeological resources. More information about ending archaeological resource crime and how to submit a tip at savehistory.org and on social media at Save History. Thank you for listening to Native America Calling. We are talking with Native stunt professionals about what a stunt career is like. Join this conversation with a comment or question. The number to our studio is 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. And a reminder, you can always listen back to this show and all of our other past shows on all major podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, others. And you can listen to other types of native programming by downloading the NV1 app to your smart device. Our first guest today, Sensei Benny the Jet Urquidez, world champion, kickboxer, martial artist, choreographer, stunt performer. Benny, um, 
just uh, love listening to you tell uh, your stories and, and just talking about how you got started in, in the stunt industry and, and fight game. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your career, specifically with your stunt work, and how your cultural identity, your cultural identity as a Native person, has helped shape that career. Well, you know, it's um, basically, you know, the, uh, most times, you know, you, you go to uh, certain um, powwows and so forth, and you have, you know, we have Native American uh, certain dance and for certain uh, uh, purposes and uh, different reasons. And so, so I started creating, you know, certain dance with, with martial arts in the arts part of it, because when it comes down to it, you know, you when you're a warrior, you know, what we call thundering to heaven is being able to bring your soul into a higher place and to where you're actually working not only to the beat of your heart, but to the rhythm, because every, every word that comes out of your mouth has a vibration and every thought has, you know, has uh, frequencies and so forth. And so when you get, when we say turning yourself inside out, meaning looking at yourself, looking at your soul, looking at who you really are, your purpose and reason why you exist, why you're here. So the journey is about understanding. And so I was taught at a young age that there is no mistakes, that if you have the courage to go out there, it's not a mistake. All you did is learned. And that's all you're learning. So how could it be a mistake? So people use the word mistake instead of saying, now I understand it. Yeah, I understand that that I don't want to do again. Yeah? And so when you tell somebody, don't do it like that, then you actually cheat them from their journey. You're saying, this is one way, this is another way, and another way you choose which way you want to go, but now that you understand it. So the walk, you know, on the journey is about understanding your purpose and reason why you exist and why you're here. So when you go, to, you know, uh, you know, to certain uh, powwows and certain everybody that I meet, you know, and uh, different, you know, uh, tribes and so forth, we, we all have certain uh, experience on our walk. And we get a chance to share that with one another. But being natural medicine, you know, is 80% of it is mental mm-hmm. and 20% of it is physical. And, and your own body chemicals can actually heal yourself if you know how to release them. And then, you, you know, you call the voice of your soul. If you're learning, you know, it's almost like saying, how many voices do you hear in your head? And some will say, I have legions of voices in my head. <laughs> and, some, and some will say, you know what? Uh, I listen to the voice of my soul and the voice of your soul is the one is really directing you and telling you don't do or have the courage to do. So um, I've learned quite a bit and I've, 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 since I was 14, I had my first title and I've been traveling since I was 14, traveling my family and I, and um, I had a chance to go to different uh, countries. I was very blessed to go to different countries and back in the seventies to, you know, to me, I was competing against an opponent, but to them, they were fighting against uh, country against country. 
Uh-huh. And I wasn't, I wasn't looking at that. I wasn't looking at, I, I'm not here to fight you against your country. I'm here to fight against an opponent, you know, your top opponent in your country. And so and that's, that was pretty much my way of how I've been taught is one is a sport, one is survival. And when I was passing, you know, full contact karate at the time in 75, um, they, you know, they called me world champion. I said, how can I be a world champion? I said, I haven't been outside of the United States. And so my brother said, okay. So he brought two Thai fighters from Thailand. And he said, you want to fight Muay Thai? And I said, yeah, I'll fight him. I thought that was his name. I had no idea. <laughs> that, was a, I, that was a style. And they brought two Thai champions from Thailand. And um, Ernest Hart fought the first one. And he got stopped in the third. And I, I fought. And this is the first time I've been introduced to that type of fighting because to me, there was no rules. Uh-huh. And, that, you know, there was no rules. When we went there, he started elbowing me in the head. And, and I said, okay, to me, I said, now I know I'm in the street. There is yeah. no rules now. Right, and that's right. what changed my whole way of thinking of fighting. And I thought I had that kind of experience of being threatened and so forth. So in that in front of a camera, I knew the emotions, how to bring that out into, uh, you know, an actor or even another stunt, you know, a stunt actor and so forth. So it, it was very easy for me to jump in into uh, front of the camera or behind the camera because I took my experience from around the world, from uh, even though I didn't understand their language, but I became part of them only because I wanted – you know, I was so interested in understanding their culture and where they do. You know, I didn't want to be in a five-star hotel. I want to. I want to say, hey, you got you got an extra room. I'll I'll come to your house and stay at your house and <laughs> eat where you eat, go where you go, because I, I wanted to understand it. And that's that was my walk on this earth. Okay. This yeah. Day, it, it, and Benny, you know what? That that authenticity that you're describing it, it really does show up. Uh, on film in the movies that you've been in and the scenes that you've been in you can really see that you've got that background and uh and some of these these philosophies you share are also just so profound really appreciate you joining us benny thank you anybody would like to ask benny the jet a question phone lines are open 1-800-996-2848 let's talk to brandy lewis now she is a choctaw nation enrolled member a citizen and also a stunt performer and actor and brandy what drew you to a career in the stunt bit profession. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I have a lot to uh, respond to after going after Sensei Urquidez. I'm still thinking about some of the things that he had to share. Um, but for me, um, you know, really, my my father was a stunt a stunt guy and a horse trainer. He he trained animals and um, he moved our whole family. Um, out away from Florida and out to Las Vegas for him to help open up the Tournament of Kings show at the Excalibur. And um, so I kind of grew up uh, out there, I guess you would say like my formative years when I was in middle school. So I spent a lot of time with him um, when he was out at ranches and also when he was at the castle, I I was there a lot. Um, My friends would come and we'd watch the show you know, I had a special seat next to the sound room. And um, so I guess looking back now, I was 
riding horses with him and going off-roading and being, you know, there at the show with him. Um, when I got older and it came time for me to decide what I was going to do, my my dad was really encouraging about getting into stunts. And, um, you know, I just, I wasn't interested, <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, I loved, I loved all sports. I played literally um so many sports growing up, um, gymnastics, springboard diving, uh, soccer, softball. Um, I also lived near the water, so I did a lot of surfing and wakeboarding and, you know, piling boats and that sort of thing. But so when it was, you know, when I was, when I was pretty young, but about college years, he was trying to get me in the sense and I just wasn't interested. But I did end up getting my my degree, which I'm really proud of. And so I got my degree um, and didn't really start working in that field um, necessarily. It was kind of a broad uh, career field, so a broad degree um, in sociology and I have a minor in cultural anthropology, um, which kind of makes sense for me because I'm very curious and like inquisitive person, love learning about cultures and um, always fascinated with, you know, unique stories like uh, Mr. Benny had to share about his, his career and his history. Um, so eventually, um, my dad unfortunately passed away in 2014. And I, you know, wasn't super young and spry anymore. I wasn't a teenager anymore. So I was, um, kind of compelled to get into stunts, but I wasn't exactly sure how I was going to make that happen. Um, and so eventually I could not get the thought out of my mind. Um, I was living in North Carolina at the time where there's filming in North Carolina, but not to the magnitude that I thought that I would need to be successful in the career or even get into it. So it was finally when I moved to Florida that, I started making contact with some folks who worked at Disney, who were performers, who were former gymnasts. And um, so I sort of just started making my way in. I had done some movement um, work as a model um, and it kind of was a move that made sense for me. And so I'm just fortunate that I ended up meeting, you know, a lot of the right people and they helped me. Um, early on, and I would still say that I'm pretty early on in my career, but it was my dad that uh, ultimately <laughs> is the reason that I got into the business. He he knew what he was talking about when he was trying to get me in early on. I just wasn't ready for it, and I'm actually glad that I didn't start that early on because I've learned so much um, in my early adult years that helped me um, be more prepared for uh, work in the stunt business because it's, it's not easy. And I don't think that I would have done very well uh, when I was at the maturity level that I was when okay. my dad was pushing me into it. So, yeah, it sounds like you definitely, you know, need some, <laughs> need a little bit of personal growth to, to get in that role. So sociologist by day and stunt actor by night, Brandy, uh, let's take a caller here. We've got Alberto, listening in Albuquerque on KUNM. Hello, Alberto. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, 
my question is for Benny the Jet. Um, I've been I, I follow I followed the career for a while when I was younger. I know you're an accomplished accomplished uh, kickboxer athlete, and my question was. Uh, with all the discipline that you needed to have to stay focused, stay motivated to perform your best, what 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 was the mental trigger for you to stay disciplined and stay focused when you were when you're feeling lazy or demotivated or just had a lot going on in your world? What what got you to focus? Thanks, Alberto. Great question, uh, Sensei Benny. How do you stay focused? How do you stay disciplined? Well, you know what it's it's about. It's about not what you need. It's about what you want. And my want was to be able to be, to me, the fountain of youth is, first of all, to have the endurance to go the distance no matter what I do. And to be able to have quick recovery, which is breath medicine, learning how to slow your heart down so I can repeat it over and over and over and then to have the flexibility, to have the freedom to go any direction I want, up, down, forward, backwards, lateral motion, so forth. And so I had the fountain of youth to begin with. So I, there's nothing I cannot do. To this day, there is nothing I cannot do. What I was doing back in the 20s, I can do it right now. Nothing has changed because, again, when your words are very powerful and when you start saying, I don't know, I said, you're right, you don't know. Okay? Because if you're if it's coming out of your mouth, you're telling your body you have no idea. But if you're saying, uh, I think, I said, don't think. Everybody thinks. Either you know is what you want or you don't. So uh-huh. I knew what I want right off the bat. And All right. so in that, that's my motivation. I want. Awesome. 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 Sensei Benny, thank you for responding to Alberto's question. And Brandy, back to you, because I, I want to talk a little bit more about the specific stunt work that, that we all, you know, is, is we go to a movie, we see a television show, we probably don't appreciate just what all goes in to, to creating a stunt. But it sounds like there's different expertises, like some people maybe specialize in car crashes or, or taking big jumps and falls. And it sounds like you've got a, a lot of your background is in stunts on horseback. Um, I did grow up riding horses, but like I said, I, I, I'm from Oklahoma originally, and I spent my um, middle school years in Las Vegas riding horses with him. Um, he was a trainer and um, choreographer, but I don't know that I would say horseback is my, <laughs> is my top skill. It is one of my skills for sure um, and something that I love doing, but I, growing up, um, in Vegas and then also living in Florida, I would spend more time on the water, I would say, than riding horses. So is that, what other kinds of stunts do you specialize in? And do you do water stunts or boat stunts, oh, driving? Yeah, yeah, I've done all of, I've done all of that. Yeah, with the, the fun thing is that, you know, I spent my youth doing all of these things. And so it sort of made sense for me once I got into the business um, to do the things that I already knew how to do. Of course, there's special training that you you do um, that is not something you typically do in your everyday life, like high falls and fire burns and, um, you know, car hits and the more technical things like that. But, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time driving boats, so I've done that sort of work for um, some commercials and, I've worked water safety on the film and also done some scuba diving. So, yeah, all around in the water, if, if it risk involves water, it's 
something that I'm capable of doing and probably have spent a lot of years doing. So, Have you ever suffered a serious injury? That's a great question. And thankfully, no, I have not. I'm pretty fortunate. Uh, maybe I haven't done enough. <laughs> oh, jeez. Don't jinx yourself, friend. You don't say that. No, this is really cool. Really cool. We're going to take a short break, but uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more with Brandy Lewis. We're also going to talk with Karma Harvey. And uh, our phone lines are still open as well, 1-800-996-2848. So definitely want folks to join in this discussion. Um, FYI, we're going to talk about this on the other side of the break, but Brandy was in the uh, the new Marvel show that just premiered earlier this year, Echo, the Echo series, and she did some stunt work for that. So we're going to get the details on, on that project with Brandy Lewis. So stay with us, folks. One more break, and we're back. I'm Michael, and I used to smoke. I never used to think about breathing. Then my left lung collapsed, and I was diagnosed with COPD. Now I think about breathing all the time. I'm on an oxygen machine so I can breathe. I take medicine so I can breathe. My tip is, enjoy the breaths you don't have to think about. You don't know how long you'll have them. Smoking can cause COPD. You can quit. For free help, visit cdc.gov slash quit now. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce, and right now we are talking with Brandy Lewis, a stunt performer and actor and also a citizen of the Choctaw Nation. Brandy, let's talk a little bit about the Echo series and uh, and the stunt work you did. How was that? Oh, man. <laughs> um, it was it was really great. I'm really, really happy with the, the reception that with the pride of, you know, Choctaw tribal members and their involvement and um, how happy they are with all of that. So it was great. I feel like it was such a special project um, that it checked a lot of boxes for me, um, you know, working as a double for an actress whose character was Choctaw was probably not something that uh, will happen again. And I never foresaw that happening. So I knew that I wanted to get on that project um, when I started to hear about it and I started to hear from friends and folks who were being, you know, called upon to help with things like the, you know, the historic skirts and some of the woven um, items that were made and just uh, everything that was put into it was with so much care. Um, so. I was really happy when I got to work on it and it was a lot of fun. It was very strenuous and very hot. Uh -huh. um, we had to, we were, you know, barefoot in the sand in the middle of summer in the heat of Georgia and the crew did so amazing. Um, and um, the folks that were there making sure that we were staying hydrated and staying cool, um, they were really great. So it was really really cool uh, to see that whole process come together and the outcomes just been, been awesome. 
Now, as I understand it, you were the stunt double for Morningstar Angeline. So those, uh, the stickball scenes, yeah. is that you? Yes, that, that nice. was me. Nice. That was me. And I'm just so grateful and so proud that I got to, got to do that. You know, I do have sticks and I played a little bit of stickball, but nothing that compares to a lot of the background that came out um, to show their skills and um it was great to work with them. And so, so nice to have actual stickball players that this is what they're, you know, this is what they do. This is what they get excited about. I mean, there's still a, like, there's a world series in Mississippi that a lot of people don't realize. So um, it's been fun to share about the echo project. It's been um, neat to hear how inquisitive people are about um, some of the details that they are seeing in the, in the, in the, you know, in the show, it's really cool to see all the symbolism and especially the language. Like we get to hear our language in a modern uh, show and hear about our people. It's just been really cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much, Brandy, for sharing uh, your experiences and, uh, and good luck to you going forward in your career. Such an inspiration. Let's talk with Karma Harvey now. She is in our studio waiting patiently. And Karma, thank you again uh, for joining our show. And you've also done stunt work. Uh, you've worked on a, a number of projects, including a film back in 2015, Sicario. Tell us a little bit about that movie and the scenes you were in. Hi, everybody. And um, patiently, actually, I'm enjoying listening. And um, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it's so good to hear Brandy, too, because her and I, I feel like she's my little sister. <laughs> and so, I mean, I'm always encouraging her and um, looking out for anything that might fly my way to, you know, take it on over to Brandy. But uh, anyhow, yes. Um, so I, on Sicario, uh, I had mentioned that um, I'm actually in the union. I'm in the film. I'm a, I'm a crew. I'm a film crew uh, member. And I got into the union doing greens work and who people who don't know what greens is, it's anything that pertains to the environment outside. So dust, um, anything natural that's outside. So dust, trees, bushes, um, that sort of thing. So basically sweeping the earth, you know. Um, so that was my gig on Sicario. But then I also booked a stunt role on that. And um, my um, what I did on that show was I, I ran through the desert in the middle of the night when it was freezing cold <laughs> and um, just basically was a migrant, you know, so we were um, being chased by a helicopter and we had to run like for forever. Like, I don't know, we must have did that like about 20 times <laughs> <laughs> and good thing I'm a runner too, you know, back then. Um, I'm not so much right now, but, um, we'll get into that a little bit later, but, uh -huh. um, yeah. So, uh, that's basically what I did on that show. Um, and there's some other credits that I've received on my IMDb is, um, I've worked lucky and fortunate enough to have worked out in, um, Budapest and I worked on Jamestown um, for a couple of seasons and there too. I mean, I mean, a lot of my stunt gigs are really um, small, but you would, you would probably consider like, oh, they really need a stunt person for that? Mm, yes, they do. You know, so either it's running 
um, well, they haven't... don't want to risk like the, an actor getting hurt sometimes, oh, right? Like the running scene, I would imagine they can't afford that. Exactly, mm-hmm. and not only that. I mean, I mean, you'll get some background performers as well, um, but then still, they would need um, for a featured, let's say, featured person, you know, to lead the pack. You know, they want they'll most often they'll get like a stunt performer for that, maybe a couple um, for that reason. But yes. Um, and in Jamestown, I was um, being tackled down by a couple of guys with knives, you know, who were getting ready to kill me. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, you would think that's kind of small, but it really isn't, you know. I mean, getting, and of course, we rehearse these like over and over until, you know, we're ready for the, the scene. And then we do it over and over and over again. <laughs> wow. But wow. Um, I... I wanted to um, share a little bit that I didn't share with you when we were talking on the phone yesterday was um, my grandfather was a stunt performer and um, he worked on two John Ford movies, uh, two John Wayne movies back in the day. One was in 1939 called Stagecoach and then the other one is 1956 and that was uh, The Searchers. And he did some stunt work on that as far as like riding horses and I. I think he was also featured, but they also used him as a consultant. Um, but he, of course, he didn't get credit for his consulting work. Um, but he would take these guys around town, you know, or not around town. They would, he would take them around Monument Valley. Um, and he was also stunt rigger on, um, on those shows. So, you know, my hat goes off to him for doing that and leading a path there that I wish I had grabbed onto when I was younger. Um, but you know, as far as my, my, my athleticism, I mean, I've not really, I haven't, I I mean, I dabbled a little in martial arts, but I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm really good, you know, um, took a few classes here and there, but, um, a lot of my fighting skills was back in the day of just being a thug, you know, (laughs) a lot of street fighting back then, you know? And uh, getting a lot of trouble, but luckily Real I got my, my my stuff together and I, you know, sobered up when I was 17, you know. Um, but, yeah, a lot of the, my fights were back then, you know, some real fights, not some camera fights. <laughs> um, Karma, we're going to take a call real quick here. Yeah. We've got Chanupa. He's listening in Pine Ridge, South Dakota on Keeley Radio. Hello, Chanupa. Hey, brother. I appreciate this one, man. This is another good topic on people met in the stardom. Listen to the young lady that's talking to the previous guy, the guy and the girl. Are you guys encouraging other Native youth to participate and get involved with, you know, acting as your career continues to grow? I worked with um, my little brother, Moses Bruce Plenty, and my late brother, Steve Rivas, and my, you know, my bodyguard person that I was uh, very instrumental with, Russell Means. And these guys always kept, you know, something very motivated for our youth by telling them, if you choose a path that's dark, you'll never get anywhere. But if you choose the red path, hey, everything will burn as bright as the color of red. And what they're referring to is some might make it into, uh, you know, um, them like you know the three of them being um movie actors but one thing that all three of them gave uh homage to chinupa was that they wanted me to continue the work in what i do 
as you know um, a human rights activist. So the question to those, all of them, are they pursuing that avenue to get other Native youth to uh, get right. involved with um, acting? All right, awesome. Thank you, Chanupa. Great question. Karma, go ahead and respond. Um, inspiring and recruiting other young Native actors into stunt work. Well, actually, I would say that I, mean, I have a lot of conversations um, via, you know, the in, like Instagram, Facebook, um, even on set a lot of times because we do see a lot of um, background performers um, who have a lot of questions. Either they're interested in acting or stunt performance or they're even interested in what the crew does. You know, there's so many different moving parts in the industry that, you know, you can only offer so much in a conversation, especially when we're moving so quickly, you know. But definitely, you know, a lot of times I'll I'll encourage them and, and you know, just give them, a, 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 you know, some, some guidance in terms of, like, there are um, pages out there, like Facebook groups and Instagram, a lot of, like, groups out there who are helping young individuals and you know, if you frequent those pages, you know, you'll definitely, if your heart is in it, you know, you'll, you'll find a path, you know, I mean, that's all it takes is a lot of passion, you know. Mm. Let's take another caller, Pam, listening on KMHA in Montana. Pam, it's good to hear your voice. Bonjour, bonjour. <laughs> First, I want to say miigwech for bringing your awesome guest to the show today. I'm a huge action martial arts film fan and this is right up there with the show you did on bruce lee so thank you so much <laughs> good, <laughs> so good. i'm excited to hear um uh you know great respect for sensei benny thank you for coming on this show and and allowing us to hear your words and i'm excited to hear from the indigenous stunt women and i have a few questions and i'll try to bang them out real quick what advice can you share you know for young indigenous women who want to get into stunt work you know, they're back home on the res or whatever environment they're in. You know, they do they have to work out, eat well? You know, they don't have relatives who are in, in stunt work. So what can you recommend from that for them? And is there a resource list for Indigenous stunt women that we can go to and look them up? Okay, great. All right, Karma, let's go ahead and with that second question first. Is there a database or a resource list so we can learn more about Native stunt actors like yourself? Sure. There are actual there are schools out there um, that you could attend and um yeah a big part of it is is you know getting yourself in shape you know going through the motions you know a lot of i know that a lot of stunt actors come from uh, so many different um things that events that they do such as like um you know martial arts or a, even myself i'm a triathlete um born again triathlete <laughs> trying to get back into it but i mean uh, there's so many there's like um motocross Viking, um, but there are schools out there uh, that you can look into. Um, we can probably share some links. I know that Brandy has attended uh, a, a school or two before. I, I'm not sure exactly how many, but I have not um, been to a school. There's even um, some stunt driving schools out there out in LA. I think there are some out on the East Coast as well. Um, but there's so many different um, uh, schools out there that you can in enroll in or, you know, get yourself moving just by attending a class, by getting, um, getting into a class that is either martial arts training. All right. 
Okay, Brandy, anything else to add with regard to uh, resources or just tips for young people that want to get into the stunt profession? So she mentioned, um, do they need to eat right and do they need to exercise? And I would say definitely. Um, for me, I look at stunts as, you know, it's my profession, so I consider myself um, a professional athlete, if you will. And so a lot of that has what has to do with that is taking care of my body and um, maintaining my wellness uh, in various ways with diet and, you know, my other practices. Um, and, yeah, I knew there's, like, limited resources um, in a lot of parts of the country. And um, I think that when if a person has access to the Internet, um, you could possibly start by learning about martial art. Uh, I personally train Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu, and um, so I recommend those. Those have brought me a lot of uh, lessons that I, that I apply to the business. Um, and I would say find something to specialize in, as Karma had mentioned, um, riding motorcycles, motocross, dirt bikes, um, you know, get some skills, find what you can to just build yourself up and um, always seek to learn more. Um, you could always reach out to other stunt, stunt performers and, you know, a lot of people are willing to share their thoughts um, on how you could pursue the career. Um, yeah, there's so many different things I could go on uh, about right. it, but just specialize in a skill and build your skills is probably the most important and take good care of yourself because <laughs> you want to laugh. <laughs> take good care of yourself and it also sounds like it helps if you come from a line of stunt people both uh brandy and karma both have uh relatives uh, who worked in the stunt business and of course uh benny the jet he comes from a family of fighters himself so there's definitely uh, some family tradition here on our show with regard to stunt work and all of the different aspects of what that entails now, unfortunately, we are out of time, so we're going to have to wrap up this discussion. But big thanks to our three guests uh, who joined us, Benny the Jet, Rakitas, Brandy Lewis, and Karma Harvey. Please join us again tomorrow on Native America Calling. We will be having a discussion about joint replacement and access to joint surgery. Until then, please have a wonderful rest of your day. My name is Sean Spruce. I'm your host. Thank you. Does your club, institution, or other group need custom branded apparel? A wide variety of t-shirts, hoodies, and much more, all custom printed or embroidered, are available from nativescreenprinting.com, a division of Skyscreen Printing who support this program. Support by Sanofsky Chambers Law, championing tribal sovereignty and Native American rights since 1976, from opioids litigation to treaty rights to tribal self-governance, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Sanofsky Chambers Law. Hao mitakuye piki. February chante wiawa pihecha. Chante wankigalakayo, otkana pichea, wayatina, was agichea unwo, wayat in the ayushnayo, chante wayaza muk yuhapcha, gunki o wogalag unpo. Isama sola chihanta, la kol waoki o tiliayo, nish healthcare.gov, nish lilmas aphayo, 1-800-318-2596. Le wotkaniki, Medicare and Medicaid o tietan hiyapalo. 
Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.